This morning we're going to look at 3 John, and it's the last in our uh, series of looking at 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. Um, I'm afraid I haven't got the words up on the screen. I forgot to get them, got that, get that organised. So um, you have my full permission. If you haven't got, if you haven't got a printed version of the Bible, then please look in your apps, uh, your your tech in some way. And brilliant, you've already got it on three, John. You're great. And <laughs> so, and can I also encourage you to keep that open uh, whilst I'm talking, because I'm going to be referring back to it. A time and again. And um, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege and the freedom that we have in this nation to be able to gather like this. And once again, Lord, I pray that we will not take this freedom for granted, but that we will thank you that we are able to do this and share uh, with those who are less fortunate, not able to meet together. We just want to pray for that nation of Qatar this morning that is hosting the World Cup over the next few weeks. Whatever you've heard on the news, however you understand that news, whatever your thoughts are, your reactions or your feelings... I just want to pray for each one of us that we will just lift that nation up to you. And Lord, amongst all the political and the moral and all the other issues that are um, just um, uh, hitting the headlines, I pray for your people, our brothers and sisters in that nation. I pray for churches. I pray for those who are unable to meet like we are this morning, that you will bring comfort to them and help to them. And we just pray, Lord, that in some way your word would, get, uh, would be spread out in that uh, small nation over these next few words, that your name would be honoured, Lord. And we just pray for the, uh, the leaders and the royal family in that, in that nation. Lord, I pray that miraculously you will uh, grant them visions and dreams of yourself, that they will see you and that you will use by your spirit, you will move in that nation. And so, Lord, we just, as it were, lay the, the rail track down here uh, in, in agreement this morning, and we just pray that your spirit will just be able to move irresistibly in that nation, Lord, and in the other nations that are taking part uh, where Christians are persecuted. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, 3 John, and uh, it's not very long. But there's stacks of stuff in here, uh, and hopefully you'll be encouraged in some way. Uh, so where are we? Okay. The elder, to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gives me great joy to have some brothers come and tell about your faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Dear friend, 
You are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. It was for the sake of the name, capital M, it was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such men so that we may work together for the truth. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephetes, sorry, not quite sure, Diotrephetes, who loves to be first, will have nothing to do with us. So if I come, I will call attention to what he is doing, gossiping maliciously about us. Not satisfied with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil is not, has not seen God. Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone, and even by the truth itself. So also speak well of him, and you know that our testimony is true. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace to you. The friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. So we're coming to the end of our journey of over the last few weeks of looking through these three books that John, or these three letters that John has written. And I think there may well have been others, but they're not included in our scripture. But uh, I don't know about you, but I'd love to have received a letter from the Apostle John. <laughs> uh, it's it is just so full of, of truth and of grace and of love. Um, it's sort of, uh, you pick up the guy's heart. And um, I want to encourage you, if you haven't listened to some of the other messages, um, or even if you have, um, do re- revisit them and, uh, and listen again and allow your, your heart to be caught up in, in this, this man and what he's got to say for us. And last week, for example, uh, we, we, uh, when Duncan was here, he talked very much about John's heart for the truth, and the fact that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, into in John, that word truth uh, comes out a lot. And it's the same in 3 John. In verse 1, it talks about Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Uh, verse 3, your faithfulness to the truth Uh, Verse 3 again, you continue to walk in the truth. Verse 24, no greater joy to hear that my children... Sorry, verse 4, no greater joy to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Verse 8, we may walk, work together for the truth. And in verse 12, in relation to Demetrius, this comes out again. And so I think Paul... uh, Sorry, I think John is trying to get something over to us that we hold on to the truth. And uh, it's very easy today to be caught up in our culture when it comes to making decisions. And uh, we so often become, uh, we, we will make our decisions on emotion rather than truth. And nothing wrong with emotions, but we need just to be aware 
um, that scripture and truth are what uh, we base our lives on. They are the, it is the word of God. And um, again, I was challenged last week by uh, Duncan when he put these quotes uh, from Dietrich Bonhoeffer about cheap and costly grace. And I think, again, uh, in our culture, it's so easy just to uh, let, what's the word, let, uh, let things drop um, and, uh, uh, because we have so much. And yet, uh, Dietrich, Dietrich Bonhoeffer paid the ultimate price uh, for his faith. And um, during this series, we've learned a lot about John's heart for Jesus and his willingness and desire that future generations would continue, wait for it, in the truth and in, quote, God's love, and telling us that his testimony, again, coming back to what Jonathan shared a couple of weeks ago uh, from 1 John chapter 5, that his testimony is true. Um, So it is all, his theme comes out all the time. But before we actually look a little bit more closely at 3 John, in the time that we have, I want to tell you the story of another man called John who was age 90 when he died in 1982, a similar age to what theologians believe the Apostle John could well have been when he wrote these letters. And this is, I quote, He was a model of godliness, faith and humility, God used him greatly. When he died in 1982, his executors were unable to trace a single member of his family still living. No one came forward claiming even to be a distant relative. Yet, the Times newspaper obituary about him rightly noted that the influence within the Church of England during the previous 50 years was probably greater than any of his contemporaries. His name was John Stott. Some of you might know that name. I I carry on with a quote. One of the numerous influential Christian leaders whom John Stott had led to faith in Christ said of him, those who knew him well And those who worked with him never expect to see his like again. For rarely can anyone have meant so much to so many as this quietly spoken, modest and deeply spiritual man. Why was this man so useful to God? Listen, John Stott himself wrote, No higher honour could be imagined than to be an instrument in the hand of Jesus Christ, to be at his disposal for the fervence of his purposes, to be available whenever wanted in his service. Wow. (laughs) What an epitaph that is. Something for us to attain In 2005, Time magazine, no less, ranked John Stott among the 100 most influential people in the world. Wow. (laughs) A secular publication, yet recognising this man to have been so influential. I'm mentioning this man 
as I believe that he was or is a modern-day example of what I believe the Apostle John would have been in the first century. And so this morning, I just want to highlight uh, the uh, four uh, people who are mentioned in this, uh, in this short letter, and um, in particular, John and Gaius. Because some of the characteristics that John had clearly got into Gaius, and he, being younger, was putting into practice what the Apostle John would have spoken to him about. And uh, so just looking at verses 1 to 4, verse 1, right at the beginning, it talks about whom I love in the truth. He's talking about Gaius. Uh, This is John's heart. I I love you in the Lord, he's saying. Here's a Jewish man and a Roman man joined together by the grace of God. Two different cultures merging together for the sake of Jesus. And it's a great example and a great reminder for us to embrace those from other cultures. And we we have people from different cultures here, embrace them, learn from them. We have much to learn from others. I remember being in South Africa one, once and um, we asked if we could uh, host, if we could go to a township church. And when you fly into Cape Town, um, you actually fly in uh, and as you, as you get to land at Cape Town Airport, you go in over the townships. And I remember going, to the, um, going out into... Out of, out of Cape Town a bit to where these townships were and uh, it was very emotive and yet there were, I don't know, a, a hall packed with, with people and there was no electricity for a while. <laughs> it had been cut off, they have cut off points. So no PA, no, no uh, nothing to, to, to put up on the screens and yet there was something about that gathering together where the Spirit of God was moving. And I was just humbled just to be there. So receive what other cultures can bring to you in God. And in verse 1 again, he says these words, Dear friend, three times he uses that phrase, dear friend, in verse 1, and verse 5, and verse 11, dear friend. So this is part of the relationship that, that, that John has with Gaius. Uh, there's, it's... it's um, it's a letter between good friends. It seems that Gaius had a special place in the heart for Gaius. And then verse 2, he had a, a, great, uh, a great heart for prayer. And, uh, this is a great prayer, verse, verse 2. I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It's a great benediction, a great a great blessing prayer to pray. If you want to know what to pray for other believers, if you want to pray, when you pray for folk here, pray that prayer. Uh, if, if you're looking for something to pray, and, and ask God to, 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 uh, to, to answer that prayer for those, pers- those people. Verse 3 talks about John's joy in God to hear of Gaius' faithfulness to the truth and continuing to walk in the truth. I just love this thought of our relationship with Jesus being one of walking. And it's, it's like our lives, it's a journey, we're, we're walking. And yes, sometimes we, we stumble and sometimes 
uh, w- things don't go the way we, we expect. But it's this, uh, uh, how Jesus um, uh, wants to walk with us day by day. And um, verse 4, no greater joy than hearing that my children are walking in the truth. You see, that's the heart of a leader. That's the heart of a, a father in God to those who are younger. So what can we learn from John just for ourselves today? First of all, I think we can learn of his humility. You see, John doesn't self-promote himself in this letter at all, but he holds Gaius up as an example of someone whose motivation and heart for Jesus is unmistakable. And at the end in verse 14, he doesn't even sign off his letter. Well, he signs off his letter without even mentioning his name. He doesn't even assert that he is the one of of the apostles to start this letter. He just talks about the elder as if, well, just one of many. It's a great heart to have. He just introduces himself as a single, a simple elder among the lost crowd of other unknown elders who have served God faithfully throughout church history. And then his serving heart, his focus is on how he can best serve the needs of others. He wanted the best for others and for Gaius, uh, and that's demonstrated by his letters and love for the brothers and sisters. And then thirdly, his love for Jesus and others. John demonstrated what true love was about. It was, it, his, his letters are pregnant with God's love. And um, uh, earlier in 1 John 3, 16, um, uh, you, you see this, the, John lives out these, these words This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. He'd sacrificed his own ambition and fame for the sake of the gospel and the church, and he wanted to pass that on to others. I just want to uh, encourage those of us who are older, and I don't mind how you define that age. It's not a number, but some of us are older than others, and um, that is pretty obvious, I know. But what, I'm, what my heart is, is here that I want to challenge those of us who perhaps have got more years behind us than we have in front of us to pass on what we have to the generations below us. You see, those of you who are younger and have got more years ahead of you than you've got behind, to put it the other way around, you're going to see things that our generation has not seen in the church. You're going to see God move in a way that we haven't. We've seen God move in the church. We've seen some wonderful things over the decades. But your generation is going to see more. You're going to see uh, different things. You're going to see things that we haven't experienced or known because the kingdom of God is coming. God's got a purpose for this station. His spirit is moving all over the world. We might not see it, but he is. And so let's just, uh, let's just get uh, just a vision of, uh, of God and his great purposes for the church and, uh, and for us. So those of us who are a little bit older, don't allow the temptations of the world, and again, coming back to another quote from um, 1 John, don't let the temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil rob you of your joy in God and what you've known, but press on. Don't be distracted and encourage. It's so easy when you get on in years just to think, right, I've, I've done my bit. Let's just 
sit back, let others do it. But I find that whenever I think that way, as much as I might like it naturally in my spirit, uh, you know, I know, I know that I can still give out. And I've still got a few years before I reach John's age, the Apostle John. Anyway, let's move on to Gaius, verses 5 to 8. He's a good friend of John. He possessed, possessed the most common name in the Roman world. So who is this guy? His name was so common that we do not know whether he is the Gaius that was that Paul baptised in Corinth, um, the Gaius who joined Paul's team for some of his missionary journeys, or another Gaius altogether. What matters here most is what John writes to this Gaius and the example Gaius gives in how to please the Lord in all that we do. So just a couple of things about Gaius. First, verse 3, we see his, about his faithfulness. It gives me great joy to have some uh, brothers come and tell me about your faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in the truth. Sometimes we can think that we haven't got much to offer God. Sometimes we feel a bit much disappointed with ourselves or, you know, others can do more than we can. But God says to you, you're my child. I've made you. You can't be anybody else. You are who you are. You can't change that. But what you can do is to say, thank you, Lord. I may have my own um, identity of who I am might be a little bit broken, a little bit detached, but you can use me, and I thank you that you value me. So, Lord, I just pray for people this morning who just feel that they are not uh, able in some way. They feel that they're perhaps not valued. But, Lord, you value each one of us. You created us in your image, and I just pray for your Holy Spirit to reveal that afresh to us. And then, in verses 5 to 8, it talks about his serving and loving heart. I just want to touch briefly on hospitality and mission here because Gaius had a great heart for welcoming travelling preachers into his home. And for those of you who like a little background to the culture and times of when this was written, I came across this quote this week. And this is where you're not having this book, but (laughs) this is mine. But it's a great book, um, Peter, John and Jude, uh, Fillmore, Straight to the Heart series. Again, it gives some good insights Uh, that um, if you want to look a little bit further, um, then I can recommend that. Good Christmas present as well. But um, in that book, it says here, most of us have no idea how perilous it was to become an itinerant preacher in the ancient world. If a person ran out of money in a foreign city, there was no local charity or government embassy to assist them. People who became penniless became beggars and the victims of unscrupulous innkeepers. As a result, travelling philosophers and religious teachers sought wealthy patrons to finance them and protect them. The travelling preachers who stayed at the home of Gaius must have been sorely tempted to do this, but they refused, as John says, for the sake of the name, for the sake of Jesus 
So Gaius not only gave them food and a bed, but he sent them on their way with provision for their journey. So why was Gaius faithful? Why did he have such a serving and loving heart to do this for loving preachers? What was his motivation? It was very simple, but it's very profound and very challenging. Verse 7, it was for the sake of the name. For the sake of the name, capital N, the name of God, the name of Jesus. He wasn't doing it for his own motivation. He was doing it for for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of his name. And that is such a challenge uh, to us here. I, um, again, just a little personal story. I, I thank God for those who welcomed us into their home when we, had, when we took time out, when we came back to the UK from being in Cyprus. We actually had no home of our own at that stage in the UK but so many times I can recall how believers not only gave us a, a roof over our, our heads, that they gladly provided to us, sometimes financially, but always with godly love and friendship. And so often, too, these dear folks gathered others around to be with us. They were times of blessing, encouragement. They were times of refreshing, times of of renewed vision and hope for the world work ahead of us when we return to Cyprus. Again, just remember going to days of, of prayer and fasting, which the thought of which initially horrified me the first time I ever went. But, oh, the first time that I went to one of these, um, place packed out, uh, the first song was, was started, and it was like... It was like electri- uh, electrifying. The Holy Spirit just, uh, just was just there. It was just such a blessing. And so, um, so I just want to say that from a personal note, uh, that if you are able to encourage others, have them in your home, bless them in some way, if they're traveling, I'm not quite sure how this all works out, but I'm sure it will, <laughs> um, so that's that. Yes, number, the third guy's Diotrephes, verses 9 and 10. And it says of him, he loves to be first, will have nothing to do with us. So if I come, I will call attention to what he is doing, gossiping maliciously about us. Not satisfied with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers. He also steps, stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Whoops. <laughs> Um, I thought this was all about encouragement and, 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 and uh, this sort of thing, Colin. You know, what's, what's going on here? Well, I think John had probably written a letter to this guy, um, but he'd not received it in the way that perhaps Agaius would have done, in, in a good spirit. But this man was a self-promoter. He, he was clearly a gossip, a slanderer, seems like a bully. He was the sort of guy who, no doubt, if we had selfies in those days, he would have taken selfies of himself to show others. He wanted to be first in other people's eyes. Again, what a challenge for us today, because so often we want the praise of others rather than giving glory to God. So just be aware, be beware of those. And then Demetrius, verses 11 and 12, let's get back into... A good guy here, dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil is, has not seen God. Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone, and even by the truth itself. 
we also speak well of him. And you know that our testimony is true. Again, someone who else who wanted to be faithful to God and serve others. You know, just being yourself, just faithfully doing what you're doing. You know, when we put out chairs here, when you put the banners up on the, on the school gates, when we just help one another, it's just, you're just being faithful. You're just helping others so that we can all enjoy being together. So that's it, really. Um, four men. What, whose example do you want to follow this morning? Do you want to be a John who in his old age still had a passion for Jesus and a love for the church, that he was still an author at the age of 90, still serving God? That's some aim, isn't it? It's, it's a good aim to have, that when we're 90, we're still serving God. Or are you a Gaius whose heart is for others and serving others and welcoming believers into your home, receiving the legacy that John was leaving him and serving others with a joyful heart in practical ways? Or are you a Diotrephes who loves to be first? His motivation was that he put himself first. It was not for the sake of the name of God. Or are you a Demetrius who chose the path of true love over self-promotion? You might be more than one of those. But my heart this morning is for just to respond, so it's Paul around. So there's someone calling him, I think. <laughs> I'm getting a nod from the back, that's great. What I want us to do is, is a way of response is to involve everyone. I'm not going to ask people to come forward, uh, but what I am going to ask you to do is to um, go into small groups. If you're in a family group, that's fine. Um, use that as a sort of base if you want to. But uh, if you're able to um, just to gather with a few others, uh, if you're not uh, able to move too far, then perhaps people could uh, look out for those and, and go over to them. I want us to pray, I want you to pray the blessing of God from verse 2, okay? <laughs> so get your, um, get your mobiles out, 3 John verse 2, and just pray it over the other people in your group. And you can pray other things as well. well this is a base. And into that context, I'd love you just to pray. There may be other things that you want to be prayed for. As I say, I'm not, I don't want people to come forward, but just in the groups, be expectant for God to move by his Holy Spirit. It may be uh, you just want to know something more about God's love. Uh, you want to know his peace. That's a great prayer at the moment. Uh, what, what a word that is for us after the news this week again. Every week the news seems to make, give us dispeace but Jesus said, my peace I give you. So, you know, I'm just giving you ideas how you pray. Let the Holy Spirit move you. Uh, if you want healing in some way, let's just see what, what God uh, will do amongst us. If you're from a different nation, then you might just want to pray uh, for your nation or get others to pray for your nation uh, and for the leaders in that nation and, and for believers. So I'm really not quite sure what's going to happen now. So... <laughs> Um, let's do it. So just gather around in others. I think Paul, Jane, just going to play something in the background. Um, so, Father, we just thank you for your word. Well, we just want to thank you that right now 
we believe your Holy Spirit is just uh, right here amongst us. Lord, there's some big situations here, Lord. But you're a God who is big and we want to put our trust in you that at whatever stage of our lives we're at, that your Holy Spirit will just come and refresh and renew that we would be those who know it is well with our soul but also know the comfort of the Holy Spirit and the peace of God in these difficult times. So let's just break up into, into, into small groups and just pray for one another.